still here cause somebody gotta pray for me yeah. Down and out but I know that shit don't stop Hard to move but I know that shit don't stop I'm still here cause somebody probably pray for me Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And <laughs> for all the people that thought that Andy Dalton was anywhere close to Dak Prescott, no. <laughs> and and this is where I, that's where I'm going to start the show at, man. You know, remember when Cam Newton, he was out due to the coronavirus and the Patriots lost to the Chiefs, but it was a close game, and a lot of people, including myself, felt that if Cam Newton was there, the Chiefs, pro- I mean, the, the Patriots probably would have won that game, because it was a close, I, I believe the Patriots only lost by, like, maybe a touchdown or, or three points or something, but it was a horrible game, Brian Hoare was horrible, uh, Stidham was bad, but Cam Newton was out, and it really showed you how important Cam Newton is to the New England Patriots. This or the game last night that we saw between the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys really shows how important Dak Prescott is to the to the Cowboys. Now, a lot of people say, well, they weren't really beating good teams with him there. Correct. Yeah, you're right. They weren't really, you know, they were down big. Okay, first of all, the Cowboys lost what thirty-eight to ten against the the Arizona Cardinals. So a lot of people would say, well, yeah, they lost with Andy Dalton, but like I said, even with Dak Prescott, they were down big a lot of games. Even with Dak Prescott, they had to play hero ball a lot. Even with Dak Prescott, they were they weren't winning that much, which is correct. But the way that Dallas loses or lost with Dak Prescott looked mighty different than the way that Dallas lost with Andy Dalton yesterday. Andy Dalton, there's a reason why he's a backup right now. There's a reason why Andy Dalton was such a high draft pick in the in the league. And it never worked out in Cincinnati, even though, don't get me wrong, Andy Dalton has talent, but there's a difference between having talent and being a starting level quarterback. Because trust me, I don't, there's nobody, if you're in the league, you des- you're supposed to be in the league, you deserve to be in the league, but Dak Prescott brings a level of maturity, brings a level of leadership to the Cowboys that we didn't see last night. Now, yes, I know it's only one game, but Andy Dalton struggled with this in Cincinnati, even with talent on the offensive side of the ball. Now, on paper, you'd think that the Arizona Cardinals have been a dominant team, and they haven't. Yes, they won some games, but they haven't been dominant. The Arizona Cardinals haven't. Yeah, they won. You know, they they beat some teams, but they struggled defensively. You would not have. You could not tell me they were struggling defensive team with what we saw yesterday against this Cowboys. Now, this is yet another game that the Cowboys defense does not show up. This is yet another game where Zeke fumbles the ball or or well he fumbled twice last night but fumbles the ball or this is another game where you saw you he would he it was just bad all around now do I think that this is all on Dak Press I mean all on Andy Dalton no do I think that a lot of it is on Andy Dalton yes do I think a lot of it was on Zeke and those two really costly Turnovers, yes. But here's the here's the thing that we need to talk about. There's a reason why Mike McCarthy was on the market. 
there's a reason why even with arguably the greatest quarterback we've ever seen as far as talent in Aaron Rodgers, it still didn't work. It only he only had one Super Bowl. There's a reason why Mike McCarthy got fired. Mike McCarthy, you know, a lot of people thought, including myself, thought that the Dallas, Dallas, you know, after Jason Garrett was released or fired or whatever you want to call it, a lot of people thought that Mike McCarthy was going to bring a different energy to the to the Cowboys. Which isn't the case. You brought a off you fought, you brought a defensive coordinator who has a history of being trash. And a lot of what we saw with the Green Bay Packers is what we're seeing early with the <laughs> with the Cowboys. You have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and you run the ball consistently. Overthrowing the ball. Like you run a lot more than throwing, even with the one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and you don't even have a good running back. With Dallas, I don't know how many times I have to see Zeke not catch a ball to understand that he might not be a catching back. He you might just need to hand it off instead of throwing freaking <laughs> Throwing, throwing uh, screen passes to him. I don't know how many times you only really start throwing the ball in the second half because you're down 15, 16, 17 points. Mike McCar- I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's a bad coach. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is Mike McCarthy has a pattern. And that pattern is starting to show. You have The pattern with Mike McCarthy is... Teams don't really know their identity or they might be a run happy team, even though they don't have a good running game or they will be a pass happy team, which we're seeing now, but they don't, but they have a solid running back. So <laughs> look, there's a lot wrong with Dallas. There is a lot wrong with Dallas. Don't get me wrong. And Do I think that Dallas Dallas has the talent to win the to win the NFC East? The NFC East is so bad. Dallas has the talent. And and it kind of goes back to my converse or my my conversation I had last week with Dwayne Haskins. It's like at what like are you are are you really going to be proud of yourself if now, yeah, I get it. You make the playoffs. Everyone tries to make the playoffs. Everyone tries to go for a Super Bowl. But are you really going to say this is a successful season if you make it to the playoffs, even if you are 7-9 or 8-8? Eight and eight? Granted, this is also with a whole new head coaching system. You make it to the playoffs, and you get blown off the, the field by uh, – I don't know, <laughs> by the Rams or by the Bucks or by the Saints or something like that. Like, you got to be real with yourself. For, again, and I've said this time and time again. One, Dallas needs to know what their identity is. Right now, I would think with Dak Prescott being out, their identity should be run, 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 run. Yes, you have C.D. Lamb. Yes, you have Michael Gallup. Yes, you have uh, Cooper, but... Clearly, Andy Dalton is not the man to get it done. He's not. We we saw that yesterday. And again, you can chalk it up to, oh, it was just one bad game. But this is not against a superstar defense. This Arizona defense was giving up buku points before they came in this game. Not to mention, they've been struggling as a team. And now they came in, they came in last night looking like gangbusters. So... Oh, and lastly, before I move on from the Cowboys, and I guess this is full circle. This goes full circle. This game right here shows, or this game is proof that Dak Prescott is is in, incredibly viable for the Cowboys. No, the Cowboys don't aren't winning much with Dak as far as like aren't winning the big games, but. 
I'm almost sure Dak Press, a healthy Dak Prescott, going into that game last night would have been a lot different than a healthy Andy Dalton. I'm almost sure that if Dak Prescott never got hurt, they probably would have won that game. Now, yeah, I, they they might have lost. They might have lost because that defense is still horrendous. But it would have looked a lot different. And when we're talking about, well, Dak doesn't deserve, you know, Dak deserves another franchise tag, or I don't understand why Dak is fighting for money when you still get thirty-five plus million or whatever from the franchise tag. This is why we see how bad Dallas looked. Even again, the only thing that's changed on their offense is the quarterback has changed. And you see how bad, I don't think I've seen Dallas look that bad since the Matt Castle days. Oh, was it Matt Castle? Since early Tony Romo days. And late Tony Romo days. So, for all the people that say Dak Prescott deserves to be on the franchise tag or or was confused as to why he was fighting to to for guaranteed money seeing as though he knew his value to the Dallas Cowboys last night should have showed you so another big news in the NFL was of course Le'Veon Bell signing with the Chiefs one, Le'Veon Bell getting released by the the Jets and signing with the Chiefs. This is a tale of you know, we talk about Sam Darnold a lot. We talk about how bad Sam Darnold looks. And I am one of the people that say just Wait until Sam Darnold gets another another team. Because as we clearly see, the Jets can't do nothing right. Do I think that Le'Veon Bell is who he was three years ago? No, I don't. Three years ago, he was arguably the best running back in the league. He had he approached the game differently than a lot of other people as far as the way he ran and his patience with his runs. So, no, I don't think that Andy Dalton, I mean, I don't think that Le'Veon Bell is the Le'Veon Bell of three years ago. But do I think that Le'Veon Bell could help or will help the Chiefs? Of course. You know, I say this a lot, man. <laughs> there's To me, there's no such thing as being too talented. There, there's just not. You, you, wanna, you want as many talented people as possible. Now, Everyone's talking about, well, what happened to uh, Clyde, the running back for the Chiefs now? And I'm like, he can still be, you know, one thing that the Chiefs struggle with is in zone, well, running when they're, when they're like in the red zone, you know, while Clyde, Clyde is a, is a really good back, he's small and he's not able to really barrel through now Le'Veon Bell isn't known for that but Le'Veon Bell is bigger than who they have and Williams by the way he's bigger than both of them so hell a lot of people you know you know it's bad when a lot of people are saying that now the the Kansas City Chiefs are the are the super team the Golden State Warriors of the NFL I think this is this can be huge now I do think that the Chiefs Still need to figure things out on the defensive side of the ball, seeing as though, hell, even last night, they they gave up a lot of big plays to Josh Allen. Now, yes, they won, but they gave a lot of big plays to Josh Allen, and they've been doing that almost all year. Hell, they, they lost to the Ra- Raiders. They were in a dogfight with the Cam, Cam Newton-less Patriots. They were in a dogfight with uh, the Chargers. It's like their defense gives up a lot of points. And there are nights, like I said, like, like the night against against the Ravens. They look incredible. But then there are all, also nights like the nights like against the, uh, the Bills last night where they don't look as good. So I do think that Le'Veon Bell going to the Chiefs is definitely going to help them. I don't think that that's exactly what they needed. But it's definitely going to help. Like, it's, it's definitely going to help. 
and if and if the Chiefs get anything, or if the Chiefs get get the Le'Veon Bell, it, it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna be the Le'Veon Bell of three years ago. But if they get anything like that Le'Veon Bell, they are getting. Uh, it's kind of like what the Bucks thought they were gonna get with Shady McCoy. Or what the Chiefs thought they were going to get with J.D. McCoy. But I think that Le'Veon Bell, at least this point of his career, is better than Shady McCoy in that part of, uh, in this part of his career. So, again, the rich getting richer. Le'Veon Bell going to the Chiefs. I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't chalk it up to that. So, I mean, I can't, I can't say much. The rich get richer, you know what I mean? I was, I was thinking, like, I would, I kind of wanted to see, Le'Veon Bell go to like the Patriots. Even though I'm not a Patriots fan, I am rooting for the Patriots now with with Cam Newton. Or let me say this: I'm rooting for Cam Newton to succeed. But hey, they, the rich get richer. That's all I can say about that. And with the with the Jets, man, you know, a lot of people are are, are wondering. Not one. A lot of people are saying that they are tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And honestly, I don't think so. I just think that it's an incompetent run team with an incompetent front office, with an incompetent head coach. And it's just because it's so bad. I don't even think I don't think they're trying. They're just bad. Like they can't get the they can't, they're they're pro, they're arguably the worst defense in the league. They can't get anything right on offense. They they keep trading away good now. I do see the tanking part as trading away good pieces. However, even with those good pieces, you weren't doing anything. So it's just uh, the 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 Jets, man. It's 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 looking bad, bro. And you know it's bad. With I think after their game on Sunday, they they made a trade. <laughs> like you know, and they send another good player off. I believe he went to the Patriots. Like. They're just they're just bad, man. They're, let's 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 move on. Let's move on. Speaking of bad, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers looked horrible against the <laughs> against the the Bucks. They lost uh, thirty eight to ten. You know, sports in general. You talk about this a lot with basketball, but you see it a lot with every, every sport. Momentum is huge. Once. You have momentum. It's a dangerous thing to have, and it's a dangerous thing to lose because once the team starts getting momentum, it's almost it, you can. I'm not gonna say it's impossible to stop, but yeah, you you would be hard pressed to stop a team that is full of momentum. And that's what hell. And and momentum doesn't just last a game. For example, 2016, LeBron James. Cavaliers grab momentum from the uh, Golden State Warriors. Now, yeah, you had a lot of help. You had Draymond Green be suspended. Andre Godala got hurt. Bogut got hurt. Yeah. But once you give a team that good momentum, a momentum, their momentum didn't just last a game. Hell, they came back from 3-1 and 1. Look at the look at the Denver Nuggets this year. You have against the Clippers, you have momentum. The Clippers were up 3-1 and they were up the, the they had the lead every game after that 3-1 and still a big lead too in every game i think 16 plus every game and they lost the 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 nuggets had momentum and now why do I, why am i talking about this the score was 10-0 the packers had momentum aaron rodgers was 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 being aaron rodgers he was, he was being incredible like he usually is. Aaron Jones was running. He had a running touchdown. It was looking, things were starting to click. You know, things, it was starting to look like it was going to be a long day for the Bucks. Tom Brady wasn't looking too well. Uh, Ronald Jones was running, but he wasn't doing much. The defense, again, Aaron Rodgers was kind of carving them up. It was looking like it's going to be a long day for the uh, Bucks. Then the momentum switched. Aaron Rodgers threw a pick six, which, by the way, was his third pick six in his entire career. That, that to me, is an amazing stat in and of itself. But Aaron Rodgers threw his third pick. You lose momentum. Now the momentum's kind of even, right? You're, you're, uh, you're, it's, it's 7-10. You're not losing, but you're not winning. Actually, no. I think it's 10-10 because I had a field goal. So you're not losing, but the momentum, 
let me say this. The momentum is tipping over to the Buck side, but you, you're still Aaron Rodgers. You're going to have it. The very next very next series drive, you throw another pick. Momentum is shot. And after that, after that second pick, you saw the the Packers just look dead. The Packers look dead defensively. But the Packers, the Packers is a front running team as far as their defense looks incredible once they have the lead. But because you have the lead, you can kind of play with your schemes a little bit. But what are the Packers? The Packers still struggle with giving up big plays. They still struggle with the run. The Packers aren't the best defense, but they have a lead and they have Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of their offense is kind of their defense because their offense is so electric this year. You know, it, it kind of it kind of masks the deficient or deficiencies of the defense. But once you lose, once they lost momentum, once he threw that second pick, it was off to the races. <laughs> like at that point. The Bucks had all the momentum. Tom Brady scored yet again. Uh, they were up, and, and and it just couldn't get right from there. Aaron Rodgers kind of looked like he checked out. The whole team looked like he checked out from the defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball. So do I think that now we, we have to take away from the Packers? No. I do think that it was one game. Do I think that this game is telling? I think – this game kind of highlights the struggles that one the defense has for the Packers, and two, this kind of highlights this kind of highlights who the Packers are. The Packers are if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing well, if Aaron Jones is not playing well, the Packers are going to struggle, and they weren't. And because and it just they just they just couldn't get right. Now, yeah, I know it was early in the game, the two picks, but. Again, they just couldn't get right after that. And, you know, shouts out to Drew Br- oh, not Drew Brees. Shouts out to Tom Brady and the Bucks because they looked they the Bucks that we saw on Sunday looked like the Bucks that we thought we were gonna get. The Bucks, no team outside of maybe the Chiefs, maybe, were gonna beat that Bucks team on Sunday. Cause that team, you have momentum. Sue was playing incredible. The offense was playing incredible. Ronald Jones was playing incredible. Gronk has we had a Gronk sighting. Chris Godwin, even though he was dealing with injuries, he had some big catches. And Mike Evans didn't even play well. So this is the this is the Bucks that we thought were going to like could compete for a championship. Now, do I think that this is going to be that moving forward? I don't know. They need to grow a little bit more. People need to get healthy, but. Yeah, and, and I don't think that I think that it was just one week, uh, one bad week for a four and team at the time, which was the Packers. So, you know, um, yeah, another team actually that struggled were the Patriots. The Patriots lost to the Broncos, eighteen to twelve. I think this is the first time in Bill Belichick's history that they lost to a team without giving up a touchdown because all eighteen were field goals. But I'm chalking this up to COVID. Uh, Cam Newton for the past what two three weeks only hasn't really practiced he missed a game because of COVID so the team I think only had three practices in three weeks Uh, I'm gonna chalk this up to COVID they just didn't look they didn't look in sync you know Cam Newton missed a lot of missed a lot of passes the defense looked the defense looked okay I'll give you that but the offense just looked bad and it kind of highlighted the lack of of top receivers that the Patriots have Cam if Cam Newton doesn't look incredible it's hell Cam Newton looked better as a wide receiver on Sunday than he did a quarterback and I think if that's the case it's it's, it's tough sledding for the Patriots so uh, Drew, Drew Law came back in I, I think that you know, I, I'm gonna chalk this game up to COVID. I'm gonna chalk this game and the two the two losses that they have, or three, the, two, the Chiefs game and this game. I'm gonna chalk it up to COVID because, of course, as we know, the Chiefs game, uh, Cam Newton didn't even play because he had COVID. And this one, this was his first game back from like two or three weeks. The team is like, are they gonna practice? They're not gonna pr- practice. We're gonna close the facility. You know, so. I think there was a lot going around on with this game. Uh and and yeah, so 
What else? Carson Wentz looked incredible, even though they lost. And they were getting blown out by the Ravens. I think they were losing like 7-30. to 30. <laughs> and, and they came all the way back. Now, they did lose, but they, they lost 28-30. to 30. Carson Wentz just didn't quit. You know, he lost. You know, his, his top receivers are out. His line, a couple linemen got hurt and are out. And we just, you know, we a lot of people like to bag on Carson Wentz. And don't get me wrong, Carson Wentz has not looked good at all this season, except for, you know, some flashes. But this, you know, Sunday really show or saw showed how good Carson can be. Because even though they did lose, you know, you're you're out some top wide receivers, you're out top linemen, you're out defensive players. It's like you're using what you're working with. And there was a lot of players who I didn't even know they existed <laughs> until they said the name and caught touchdown passes. So, you know, shouts out to Carson Wentz. You did your thing. Um, Let's have it. We, we need to have the talk. It's time to have the talk. During his rookie year, a lot of people, including myself, were questioning is Baker Mayfield a bus? Now, we were questioning is he a bus because you have a lot of talent around him and he just was struggling, right? But we're like, we're gonna chalk it up, you know, he he has a bad coach, Hugh Jackson, get him out of there, bring in Freddie Kitchens. Uh but in that you 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 get Jarvis Landry, you get uh Odell Beckham Jr. And you get some pieces around you that can help. You still have Miles Garrett. You have a really good defense, you know. And then the second year comes. And then, you know, they struggle mightily. They get Nick Chubb in the middle of the year. Uh, They just look horrible. But we're going to chalk it up. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, he wasn't even a coordinator and he got a head coaching job. That's the reason why they trash. It wasn't Baker. It was because of Freddie Kitchens. And... It was because it was Baker's uh, second year and their offensive line wasn't that good. Third year, you have Stefanski. You have a better offensive line. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You have Austin Hooper to the mix. And you still have Odell Beckham. You still have Jarvis Landry. And they can't be good teams. They, they looked horrible against the Ravens. Now, everybody outside the Chiefs have looked horrible against the Ravens, but they looked horrible against the Ravens, and this week they looked horrible against the Steelers, losing 38-7. to So now we need to ask the question. Is Baker Mayfield a bust? Do I think Baker Mayfield's bad? No. I think Baker Mayfield definitely has arm talent. I think Baker Mayfield is talented but is he number one overall pick talented i don't believe so is he number one overall pick talent i don't even think i don't even think that the 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 browns think so anymore in fact let's look at all the let's look at the wins that that the browns have all the wins that the browns have kind of went the same way take the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands, run the ball a lot with Nick Chubb, run the ball a lot with Kamar, I mean, not Kamar, um, Kareem Hunt, do some trick plays, you know, they, 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 they did a lot of trick plays against the Dallas Cowboys, where they had Jarvis Landry throw passes, Baker Mayfield has not looked good this entire year. And the start, you start, you have to start questioning. Okay, at first it was Hugh Jackson, right? Then it was Freddie Kitchens. Now it's Stefanski. Like you, that's three coaches, and you still have talent around you. At some point, what's the common denominator? And the common denominator at this point is Baker Mayfield. Hell, Baker Mayfield had a horrendous. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that the the Steelers is arguably the best defense in the league. I understand how good they are. They're five and zero. I get that, but you didn't create this team. You didn't bring the pieces and pay the piece that you paid to only be good against average to below average teams. 
to only be good against this year's Dallas Cowboys or the Washington football team. You didn't you didn't you didn't pay all that money to Odell. You didn't pay all that money to Jarvis. You didn't pay all that money generational type money to Miles Garrett. You didn't pay all that money to get Austin Hooper. And you didn't pay or draft Baker Mayfield to lose that badly to good teams. Again, he threw a horrendous pick six to Minka Minka Fitzpatrick on Sunday. And it's just that we're starting to expect that from, from uh, Baker. And that's, I'm not I'm not out here saying that he's a bust. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm not saying that, but I I am saying we have to start questioning how good is Baker. And if he isn't that if he's not good enough to lead a team or to be a number one like if he's not good enough to be a starting quarterback for a team, you have to start looking at least Dem- D- Cleveland has to start looking what moves do we need to make seeing as though You don't want to waste the talent that the Cleveland on paper has one of the most talented teams rosters in the league yet. And still they don't play like it. And why is that? Because they're not run as far as quarterback. They're not run competently. Hell, we just talked about the Cowboys. The Cowboys looked horrible last night with Andy Dalton. That's the outside of the Washington game. Cleveland hasn't looked good, Washington and Dallas. Cleveland hasn't really looked good this entire year. And they looked horrible on Sunday. So if, if, if you know, <laughs> if you can't do it, if, if you can't, if you have all that talent and, you know, still losing the way that you're losing, you have to start looking at who is leading these men and that is Baker and this is yet another year I know again I know it's early but this is yet another year that we're seeing Baker Mayfield struggle that's all I'm saying I'm not about to go over all these games um the Bears beat the Panthers Teddy Bridgewater had a chance to (laughs) Teddy Bridgewater I was watching the end of this too Teddy Bridgewater had a chance to win it in the first play of the game winning drive he threw a nasty pick and I was just like damn (laughs) It's over with. So, uh, the Colts came back and beat the uh, Bengals thirty-one to twenty-seven. Joe Burrow, even though they lost, looked incredible yet again. He was they were trailing by twenty, I think, like twenty-one points, and they lost. And they and the the Colts came back and won. But Joe Burrow looked incredible. And this is the this is yet another time where the the Bengals lost, and it wasn't because of him. Like the defense is horrible. We don't need to talk about the Lions and Jaguars. <laughs> the Lions beat them 46 or 30, 34 to 16. Um, the Falcons got their first win of the, which is funny and ironic, that the Falcons got their first win of the year, one in five against the Minnesota Vikings. And this is also the first game that Dan Quinn did not coach. Uh, co- Kirk Cousins threw three picks in the first half. Like when you when you have talent, like they have talent, and you're throwing picks like that, it's like, yeah. Uh, the Washington lost to the Giants, twenty nineteen. They had a chance to tie it. They got a late. Uh, God. Uh, they had a late touchdown. And all you had to do was kick the field goal. To go to overtime, but you want to go for two with a team and a quarterback who has not been good the entire game, but you want to trust him to go for two and they lose the game. I'm not going to get upset anymore. I'm sorry I had to do that. You know, it's funny because that's the same thing kind of that happened to the Texans. They lost 36 to 42, but it's like the Texans, all you had to do was go for one. You had to go for you. You, you score. All you had to do was go for the field goal. You will be up thirty six. I mean thirty seven to whatever. I think twenty nine. But you lost because you went for two, and it didn't work. And Derrick Henry went went crazy on y'all. So 
The Rams uh, lost sixteen to twenty four. Jimmy Garoppolo is actually seven to one in in primetime games. So shouts out to him. He looked really good, especially coming after the game he had last week against the Dolphins, where he looked he looked horrible. He so he had a really good bounce back. So shouts out to him. Uh, we don't really need to talk. We did. We kind of talked about the Chiefs and the Chiefs and the, yeah. So. Is that it? That's I think that's it with football. Um, yeah. Since since we're on football, let's 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 kind of uh, let's let's move to college. And there's not much that really needs to be said about college football that wasn't said last week. It start. It's 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 the gap is starting to increase. Now. This week, the Big Ten start, so we, we're, we're going to start to see how Penn State looks and how, you know, Michigan State and how Michigan and Ohio State, we're going to start to see how they look. But as of right now, it's the gap is, the, you know, the gap is, is, is pretty wide. You know, Auburn lost, Tennessee lost, Mississippi State lost, UNC lost, all ranked, it's all ranked teams, by the way. They all lost, except I don't, I don't know Mississippi State's rank, but they lost. Um, but the, the gap between one and two and three is starting to get huge. Like three at this point is Notre Dame, and they struggled against, I think, Virginia Tech. <laughs> but you saw Clemson. Now, yeah, I know it's Georgia Tech, but these are still D1 teams. <laughs> Clemson put 50, oh, no, 73 on their head. They they won seventy three to seven. Let's just let that sink in. Seventy three to seven, and Alabama beat the the living hell out of Georgia. Now I'll say this: Georgia's quarterback. They could have won this game in the first half. I don't know how many times he overthrew his his receivers. But you can't do that when you're going against a juggernaut like like Alabama. And it definitely second half, it was once the once the wheel started turning, it ain't stopped. So they lost pretty bad. I think it was like forty one to twenty four or something like that. But again, the and this was a two and three game. Like Georgia was ranked third and Alabama was ranked second, and Alabama just went crazy. So it's like the one and two are starting to 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 distance themselves. Like again, I do need to see how Ohio State looks. A lot of people are saying Ohio State could arguably be the best team. A lot of people are throwing Penn State in there. There's not really a Pac-12 team now. Pac-12 doesn't start until like a couple weeks, but outside of Oregon, but a lot of their players are decommitting. USC, no. Stanford, no. Uh, UCLA most definitely not. The only team I can kind of see in the top 10 is Washington, but this is supposed to be a down year for Washington. So right now, one, two, and maybe three. Again, we need to see what Ohio State, and then it's everyone else. Nobody else has a chance. <laughs> and that's, that's just real. So um, what else? What else? Let's get off of football. Let's actually go to baseball. So the Tampa Bay Rays and the Dodgers are in the World Series. Like I predicted. <laughs> but you know, the Dodgers they arguably have the most complete team in the in the in, in all of baseball. Now, yes, they struggled. <sighs> Something with Atlanta, man. <laughs> Something with Atlanta sports, man. They were down 3-1 to the Atlanta Braves and came back and won, man. I don't talk about collapse, but on paper, the Dodgers and Yankees have arguably the two best teams on paper. Now, you know, they're the 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 bullpen like the dugout is or yeah, the bullpen dugout the dugout is probably their 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 weakness but you know they once you have Mookie going once you you have uh Bellinger like you have a lot of good people on this team 
Now, so do the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays have kind of played. The one thing the Tampa Bay Rays have that the Dodgers don't is they have a good bullpen. Like, their bullpen is really, really good, and their dugout is really, really good. Let me not say this. The Dodgers do have a good bullpen, but their bullpen is kind of has been spotty this entire playoffs, and their dugout has been bad this entire playoffs. The Rays have not. Now, I I'm gonna say the Rays. The Rays win this. I'm gonna say the Rays win this in six. Yes, I got Rays in six. Now, this year, however, has been a really good year for baseball. You know, with a lot of people were skeptical with the 60 games, but and this is this is one thing that I've been saying for the longest. If we're gonna get baseball, I don't understand why we have to sit through what a hundred and 64 games or 162 games or something like that like and and the worst part about that is half the teams like usually the Marlins or the the Mets or the 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 Rays sometimes like they'd be out the stop they'd, they'd be out of the playoff contention halfway through the season so it's like we still have to sit through 80 something games of this and it's just like the the urgency wasn't there and there's a reason why home run derbies is the most watched thing. The home run derbies get more views in the World Series because people want to see excitement. People want people want home runs. People want urgency. And this this year has been really good for baseball, man. Again, a six. I don't think that it should always be sixty games, no. But I do think that you bring it down to maybe a hundred a hundred games or something like that. I think that baseball would, would will pick up a lot. You saw a lot of fans come back and watch baseball. You know what I mean? And now, yeah, I know that a lot of it is due to they're at you know they're at home and Corona and everything. But this was an exciting year for baseball. Now, I think baseball definitely should take some of what happened in this in this season and duplicate it for seasons to come. As in, I don't think we need such a long season. You know, get, get more hitters. Like it's it's. It, this season has been good for baseball. And again, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Dodgers in the World Series. I have seeing as though the the Dodgers dugout is is probably is a lot worse than the um than the Rays dugout. I'm going to say Tampa Bay Rays in 6. Damn, that would be crazy. Tampa Bay Lightning won the World Stanley Cup and the Tampa Bay Rays and Tampa Bay is on fire right now. Like I said, the Lightning won the World World Cup. I have them, well, they're in the World Series. And if they win, Tampa Bay Rays win the World Series. The Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa Bay is on fire right now. <laughs> so, uh, is there anything else? Definitely nothing else I want to talk about baseball. Uh, let's go to boxing before I end with basketball. Delphi- uh, Delfimo Lopez beats Loma Lomachenko actually this is what people call him Loma Lomachenko to become the unified lightweight champion there's a couple things that I want to talk about this uh one congratulations to Lopez for becoming the unified or undisputed lightweight heavyweight champion or lightweight champion he's the first he's the youngest person to ever do it. he's 23 and a lot of people expected him to lose and 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 here's the thing he he won he he won by unanimous decision but and one one judge i'm gonna just say it now one judge i don't know what the hell they were looking at they judged it 119 to 109 for people that don't know boxing that's pretty much a blowout that's pretty much like (laughs) that's pretty much you losing by 21 like that's that's bad that's that's a blow i don't know what they were looking at but this fight was a tale of two fight was a tale of two halves and and people that know boxing kind of knew that that is what was going to happen lomachenko is not the type of person that just goes out or goes in swinging round one till whenever lopez kind of is what Lomachenko likes to do is he likes to he usually takes about three or four rounds doesn't really throw a lot of punches and he he kind of he he fills out his opponent he sees what his opponent wants to do 
he feels what what is what his opponent's tendencies are he he kind of you know he he kind of feels around all right so after fourth round i know what he wants to do let's get it delfino is a type of person that he just he just goes like and i'm not saying it's not it's not undisciplined go like he's he's twitchy he's fast he's strong he looks for the knockout but he doesn't really need it he's he's a power he's power with with speed and as we saw you know we saw exactly what we thought we were going to see the first half of the the first half of the fight delfino was kind of dominating cuz lomachenko wasn't throwing any punches like he was all right he was dodging a lot you know, he would throw a couple jabs, but he wasn't throwing punches. And Delfino was, he while he was throwing a lot of punches, he wasn't landing a lot of punches. But the punches he was landing, he was landing them. And he was landing them clean. So after probably round six, that's when Lomachenko was like, oh, hell, I'm losing this. Like, it's time to go. And then that's when we got the fight that a lot of people thought we were going to get. You know, Lomachenko was going back and forth. He really started jabbing and I, and I like to think the first six rounds was straight Lopez and Lopez was giving him the business the second list from round six to round 11 to me was exactly what Lomachenko likes to do outside of you know the knockout or anything I think that Lomachenko was dominating the fight until that 12th round that 12th round uh Lopez just just beat the I'm not gonna say beat the brakes but Lopez kind of signal you know kind of put a stamp on it okay I won this now again these judges kind of had it like it was I'm not gonna say a landslide but they kind of had like Delfina Lopez winning by a lot which I don't I don't think so if anything I would say it was a draw now again congratulations to Lopez for winning it but I kind of would have put it as a draw seeing as though the first half of the fight was definitely dominated by Lopez, but the second half was exactly what went kind of like the second half of the fight was exactly how we thought it would for Lomachenko because that's what he likes to do. But again, the, the judges. Here's the thing that it was different from a Lomachenko fight. A Lomachenko after round five and on, and when he usually dominates. He usually destroys his opponents, and he didn't do that. And I, which I, which I, he didn't do that with with Lopez. Lopez stayed in there, you know. He 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 wasn't antsy. He wasn't trying to go for the big blow. He wasn't doing anything like of the sorts. He was just he was being sound. He was still throwing punches, but he was dodging a lot. Uh, he didn't get some blows landing on him, but he he still went toe to toe. So I kind of can see where i'm not upset that he won i'm upset with the fact that they had this joint as a landslide but i'm not upset that he won so again shouts out to him and it's actually historic again he's the youngest person to ever become the the unified undisputed light heavyweight champion because a lot of people don't a lot of people don't go for unified light heavyweight championships because think about it he won including his belt he won four belts that night like a lot of people might put a belt, might put two belts, but you don't put all of your belts. And that's what that's why you don't see a lot of unified light heavyweight champions, because all that work, a lot of people, you know, that's a lot that you're losing. That's a lot at stake. That's four belts and or three belts that Lomachenko lost. So, again, it, I enjoyed the fight. Shouts out to ESPN for making it free for the top ranked jump. Um I'm excited for it. I'm happy for Lopez. You know, I don't really like the antics that he does a lot of times. You know, his dad kind of has that LeVar ball. Uh, I want to say anything to the media. However, however, one thing that I will say is he backs it up. He is 15-0. and 0. I will say that. He is 15-0. and 0, So, hey, his dad can say whatever the hell he want to say because he's backing it up. So, again, shouts out to... Uh, Lopez, Delfino Lopez for being the becoming the ununified light heavyweight champion at 23, the youngest to ever do it. So, uh, moving into basketball, there's really nothing much. Um, 
Lou William or Ty Lou, I'm sorry. Ty Lou gets the co- the Clippers job. A lot of people want to want to want to go back to the job that Ty Lou did with LeBron and they're saying that that's a really good hire, which I do like my African American coaches to get a job, but to be a good coach, the the reason why I think Ty Lue worked with with LeBron James is because LeBron James trusted him enough and allowed him to coach not only him, but allowed him to coach the team. You saw with David Blatt, it didn't really work that way. LeBron James was like, yo, I think I know more than you, so no. And David Blatt was, was afraid to speak up against LeBron James. Ty Lue is not afraid to do that. So that's why he worked with LeBron, and that's why he didn't work with LeBron. Hell, he he had a losing record without LeBron, like a losing, losing record without LeBron. Now, to me, the only way this would work is if, one, the players buy in. If the players buy in and know their roles, you can't have Patrick Beverly thinking he's a superstar. You can't have Lou Williams, Montrezl Harold thinking like they're superstars and playing the way they played in the bubble. You can't have Paul George coming in thinking he's freaking <laughs> he's he's freaking Anthony Davis because he's not. And here's the thing about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is an incredible player. Kawhi Leonard is one of the top five players in the league, top ten, whatever you want to call him. He's top something in the league. But when we talk about leadership, Kawhi Leonard is not a good leader because Kawhi Leonard is not vocal. Kawhi Leonard now. A lot of people say, well, if you look at some leaders, you know, if you look at some leaders in, in, in other sports, that's like look at Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is not vocal at all. However, he's a great leader for the um, Arizona Cardinals. However, Kyler Murray does also have Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins who help him with the load. The thing about when you go, you know, when you're Kawhi Leonard and you go to a new system, right? You go to a new system in the Clippers, and then you're automatically like, all right, I want to, you know, we need to, uh, I'm going to load manage. I'm going to pick and choose what game I play. And then when you come in, especially in the, the bubble, and you do what you do, it's like, yeah, you're a good player, but you're not a good leader. So I think that, you know, there's going to be a chance. The, the team needs to know, you need to know what your role is, one. Two, you need a pure point guard. Patrick Beverly is not a pure point guard. Drew uh, Lou Williams is not a pure point guard. Landry Shamit is not a pure point guard. You need a pure point guard. You need a Rondo. You need a, I don't know, maybe a, a, a Darren Rhodes or something. like. You need something like that. And Kawhi Leonard needs to be a better leader. or Because I, I don't think that, I think that, the team recognized that Kawhi Leonard is a incredible player, but I don't think that they followed him as a leader, especially when you come into an organization and you you start day one saying, you know, I'm going to load manage this. These are the games I'm playing. It is what it is. And they, they just have to roll with it, especially a team that took a healthy Golden State to what? They, they took two games off of a healthy Golden State. So the year prior. So. I don't know. I don't know if Tyloo's going to work, man, because there's a lot that needs to happen with the with the Clippers, man. And it's a lot of soul searching, but not just with him. Like, you again, is is Kawhi Leonard going to listen to Tyloo? Is Paul George going to stop thinking he's a number one option? Because as we've seen, he's not, even though he's really good. Don't get me wrong. But he, he's not a number one option, especially when it comes to playoffs. Is Lou Williams going to stop thinking he's a number one option? Is Montrez Harrell going to stop thinking he's a number one option? Is 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 Patrick Beverly going to stop thinking he's a number one option? I think when all that is decided, they, they still have a good team. They still should vie for a championship. But, yeah, man, there's a lot that needs to be done with the, uh, with the Clippers that I don't know if Ty Lue is good enough to handle, so. We'll, well, we'll have to see. And lastly, you know, Daryl Morey stops down or stops what? Steps down as Rockets GM. Uh, so right now, Rockets are out of GM and they're out of head coach. Uh, th- I mean, I, this is just uh, to me another example of why the Rockets are not going to win a championship, even though the Rockets have. Two all world team, all world players, and James Harden and Russell Westbrook. 
it's just uh, it's just a lot like a lot that they have to contend with you're hearing reports of Stan Van Gundy Jeff Van Gundy uh you know you're hearing a lot of reports of that but I think that you need a coach that's going to come in and say all right look <laughs> yeah James Harden's incredible but the offense that we've been running ain't championship material so this is what we're going to do this is how we got to do it let's get it like it I think you're going to need a coach, one, that come in and says that, and two, that's going to have to – James Harden's going to have to listen to that. Russell Westbrook's going to have to listen to that. And you're going to have to figure out, is James Harden and Russell Westbrook actually working together? And once you figure that out, and if they're not, one of them's got to go. To me, I would not trade James Harden. So there's, there's that. You need to get a center on your team that's not Tyson Chandler or 30, 100-year-old Tyson Chandler. And I think you'd be all right. So, but right now they're out of GM and they're out of head coach. So there's that. Uh, but there you have it. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Hey man, I've I've been I've seen I've seen this train since what since the pandemic started. And I'm I'll be the I'll be I'm gonna hop on this train. Hey yo, go vote, man. Voting is very important. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what you believe in. I don't care who your support lies with. Go vote. I don't if you gotta do the the I did the online ballot jump. Go vote, man. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. You can't say you can't look at what's going on out in this world and not think voting is important. Especially when we talk about voting for local elections and voting for uh attorney generals and voting for lawyers and uh, not lawyers uh judges and stuff like that man go vote you can't be you can't be around me and not think voting is important because it is again i'm not the most political person in the world but i do know how important voting is so please 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 don't do not think we're cool and you don't exercise your right to vote now, yes, you have your exercise. You have a right not to vote, but don't think that we're going to be cool after if you don't. I'm just be real with you. Now, I know I ain't the coolest dude in the world, but again, go vote, man. Please go vote. And uh, again, I love you guys. And until next time, go vote and much love.
I'll be home by the morning time.